Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here today with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing tonight? Pretty good. The Oilers are 2-0 and in the preseason. They've scored, what, 10 goals and given up zero. They've absolutely kicked butt both games. They've probably given up like three scoring grade A scoring chances in total this year in the preseason. But it's just the preseason. Anyway, Bruce, this is the, they beat the Kraken, uh, the completely underwhelming Seattle Kraken, 6 nothing. Was that your Kraken face in the camera yeah. there, man? Yeah, I'm trying Six. to adjust my new uh, camera boom. Okay. Got it about the right distance. <laughs> You're ready for your close-up, are you? Yeah. All right. Um, six nothing Oilers, Bruce. This is our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcast. And because it's a Oilers win, we'll go with two good things each. What's your good thing? Well, my first good thing, I've got to go with Brendan Perlini. Newcomers uh, coming in look pretty good. You know, he's made, he made a few plays tonight too, which wound up with his shots going into the back of the net. Uh, the first one in particular was quite an impressive goal where uh, he came busting down the uh, down the right wing with the puck and it was a slow recovery by Seattle. I'm not quite sure what went wrong on their side, but uh, uh, it wound up being a two-on-one situation with Devin Shore joining uh, Perlini in the middle of the ice. And it was kind of not so much a given go, it was a given stay where... Um, Perlini from the right circle passed it to Shore in the middle of the ice, and he kind of hung around right from the passing, and Shore just sped it right back to him, and Perlini buried it where the goalie could get over. Good shot and a, and a good, well-constructed play on his part. Uh, the second goal that he scored was more a you know a, a good hard shot from outside on a one-timer that frankly should have been stopped. And wasn't so I'm not going to get too excited about it, but it was a, you know it was a powerful, good hard shot from uh, from range that found the net. And I like some of the other stuff that he did in the game, handling the puck and and uh, and passing it. You know, I just thought he played a pretty solid game, all things considered. For you know, a, for a depth winger, he didn't do anything to, at all to hurt the team, and have chipped in with some. Uh, uh, some attacking play and a couple that found the net. So good on him. Six foot three inches, 211 pounds. He can skate, he can shoot. Like you can see why hockey people have been excited about this player in the yeah. past. He was a first overall pick and a fairly high one mm-hmm. back in the day. Um, there's a lot to like there in terms of the tools, the size, uh, the shooting. You know, this is preseason. Remember that year? Yeah, I think they, I think Bob Stoffer and Jack Michaels alluded to this or mentioned it. Like that one year where Ty Ratty, um, Pugliarvi and Yamamoto kind of put on a show in the preseason. And, it, you know, it just looked like, hey, the these problems solved yeah. on the wings here. The good news is the Oilers aren't counting on Brendan Perlini to be the top line winger, Bruce. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just hoping, hey, oh. maybe he comes in on the fourth line. Yep. And and is uh, a decent hockey player on the fourth line or the third line. And he, listen, he won over a lot of fans these last two games. He's he has outclassed the competition um, so far. He's looked. He just looks like like what the Oilers kind of do. They need this. Do they need that? Uh, you know, you can always use more scoring, but th- that size. 
uh, the orders could use. They don't want to get, you know, they're not going to be obviously be a a big, uh, you know, the Phil- 1974 Philadelphia Flyers, but they they need to be big now and then, mm-hmm. you know, not to get pushed off the puck and to win cycle the puck, and he, maybe he can help do that. So that was a that was also a hell of a pass by Devin Shore on that two on one. He he, yeah. you know. At top speed, he whipped in there and just whipped it right over. That was a heck of a play. So I think Devin Shore and Perlini have have shown well. I've actually thought, uh, as people who listen to this podcast know that I'm not the biggest fan of Kyle Turris, but I thought he actually looked fairly good tonight too, moving the puck. Like he's looked, mm-hmm. he's had some jump in his game and he's moved the puck well. Kyle Turris has. So yep. we'll see what happens there. Bruce, my good thing. I'm going to start, uh, well, listen, I'll, I'll start with the obvious good thing, that the top line of McDavid, Zach Hyman, and Yesip Pugliarvi, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the I think it was the even strength goal that they scored was just an amazing goal. Um, they, they had had the puck in, I don't know, I didn't count, because you can't go back and count the time, but it seemed like they le- about a minute. It was one of those really long offensive zone uh, shifts and it, and it kind of gets topped off by McDavid making an he's coming he cuts down the middle of the ice and um, he makes one of those deeks where he throws the puck past the guy and then moves to the other side and get, gathers the puck on the other side of him and uh, whips it over uh, around to Pugliarvi who makes an absolutely gorgeous backhand pass to McDavid uh, who then twists his body and knifes a pass over you know, just slicing wide open that crack and so-called defense to Hyman, who deposits it. And this is what you have in mind, Bruce, for Connor McDavid in terms of line mates. Players with enough skill who they can combine with the puck, but they don't need the puck. Players who, when they get the puck, can finish with it, can shoot and score. Uh, players who can play defensively. I'm I'm really stoked about uh, these two line mates. To, stoked to use a 1980s mm-hmm. 80s word there about these new line mates for uh, McDavid. I just well, Pulleyarvi was there last year and and looked like he fit in, but he he may raise his game uh, to a whole new level, uh, another level. And and Hyman, I he I was impressed with his um, his hands, his speed was better than I thought, and his smarts. He's a he's just a good hockey player. Like, you know, maybe maybe he won't be Chris Kunitz, but maybe he'll be the Wayne Cashman. Well, you know what's smart? It's when Connor McDavid is creating all kinds of chaos in the offensive zone, like the uh, play that you described. What's smart is going to the edge of the blue blue paint <laughs> yeah. with your stick on the ice. Ain't and that that's exactly what Hyman did. And, and um, after McDavid completely... Um, undressed the defender on the first attack and narrowly missed scoring and Pugliarvi recovered in the corner and of course he looked for McDavid and Hyman looked for the net front and puck was on McDavid's stick. I think he had to touch it twice but just because of the way the angle it came in and went back out but when it went out his shot pass was basically aimed at the middle of Hyman's tape and all he had to do was hold a stick there and put it <laughs> welcome to Edmonton Zach you can expect a lot more of those just keep doing exactly what you did there go to the net with your stick on the ice <laughs> yeah and they, they got a power play well he was mm-hmm. in on a power play goal too there and mm-hmm. uh Hyman was you know where he won a net front battle and mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a lot of Zach Hyman right in front of the net, and that's great. If he's got the hands to 
to put the puck in from there, you know, kind of, you know, kind of like a better version of Alex chase on, you know, just, just, just someone with great hands in front of them, that really smart player, but a much faster skater, a faster skater and a more, more skill. Well, great anyway, hands. It's a different great so Alex chase on did a whole lot of things right in front of the net. One of the best screeners of the goalie I've ever seen. But great hands, I would never accuse Alex Chason of having great hands. No, he didn't. Did he? he had a good shot now and then, but he yeah, yeah, when he caught a hold of one, but he, you know, his his reflexes, hand eye was not real strong, and uh, certainly there's a a, a a couple of cuts above when it comes to actual skill level uh, with this player. So, what's your what's your second good thing, Bruce? Well, I was coming and hawing. I was thinking that I was liking the goalies, but I'm going to go with the Oilers' power play. And yeah. the two power plays were each time they took them nine seconds to score off the faceoff. One was a five on three, one was a five on four. Both times Drysaddle touched the puck. Both times all five Oilers, uh, Drysaddle won the draw. All five Oilers touched the puck on its way into the net in nine seconds. Just bing, bang, bong <laughs> in the net. And it was just. Puck was just, uh, yeah, Darnell won it back to, or sorry, Leon won it back to Darnell Nurse. Uh, Nurse uh, uh, fed it into McDavid. He found uh, Nugent Hopkins at the edge of the crease, and he made a real slick, short, like four foot pass across the blue paint uh, that Paul Yarby tapped home. That was on the five on three, and that was just too easy. And then they got another one late in the second period, 145 to go. And more or less, it was the same sequence. I think Leon touched the puck twice on this one. He won the draw, and it went through the the power play unit, the the five on four unit. So Barry got it, and uh, uh, Hyman, and uh, Paul Yarvey got. Uh, or it was Hyman who won the battle at the side of the net. That's right. And uh, Leon just chipped it across the goal mouth to McDavid for another uh, slam dunk which the Oilers had three or four in this game where they just hammered it home and the goalie had no chance. And they didn't have to hammer it a couple of those times. They just had to tap it in. But uh, uh, just both times, like winning the draw, crucial on the power play. And Leon uh, cleanly won possession both times and they always took that possession and just tapped it around to everybody on the ice. And finally, the fifth guy, had an opening to, to put it home because the Kraken couldn't cover all five guys. Yeah, the Kraken, of course, you know, their top line center today was Riley Sheehan, I think. Like, mm-hmm. so um, that's, they weren't, they didn't have their best lineup. I don't know about this Kraken team, though. Like, I mean, they didn't look great going into the season. And they're missing some players, including Adam Larson. Who might be, uh, you know, if they do really crack down on the old cross-check in Bruce, Adam Larson might be in for a little tougher season than uh, he's had in the past because the cross-check is his um, go-to play mm-hmm. in the defensive zone. Anyway, the Kraken weren't up too much. But, you know, the, I had this, okay, here's my ex- overly exuberant and exaggerated thought of the night uh, uh, about the Oilers. Because I had, a, it was after the the power play goal, and, but it was really after that even great even strength goal by the McDavid line, and, and just I just thought this is the first Oilers team that I have seen in thirty years who I think could give a good game to the nineteen eighties Oilers, who if they played the nineteen eighties Oilers, that would be a hell of a game, 
And I never had that feeling, Bruce. And the thought has never occurred to me until tonight, like all these years later. And that includes the 2006 Oilers, who are a good team. I never no. thought they could give them a game. Uh, and it, it includes the, you know, the 2016, 17 orders, which was a, a pretty good team, but I never thought, no, but this team, there was just, it was, maybe it's just the preseason lousy competition, the first couple of games. So I don't want to make too much of it. And I, I am saying I've, this is an exaggerated and exuberant thought, but that, that is what I thought. Like this team has two top lines, Bruce. Yeah. that really fly out there. And if they can mm-hmm. fill in the bottom six with some decent players, and um, if Nurse plays like he can, and if Bouchard looks like like what I think he looks like, which is a really damn good hockey player, this team is a, this is a, this is a really good team. And uh, yeah, I got excited watching these guys tonight. I can tell. <laughs> So my other good thing? Yeah. Uh, yeah, my other good thing. I'm going to go with uh, Philip Brobery. I thought it was his best game uh, since he's played in some rookie games in this game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was just solid and, and looked good. Like, he, he moved the puck well, kept it simple. Um, looked like he belonged in the game. Looked like an NHL player. And I want to... So that was a good thing. But even better than that, it just... Again, this is an exuberant thought. But... Was it wasn't that long ago that we were thinking um, maybe Pugliarvi's not going to work out, maybe Yamamoto's not going to work out. There was you know there was a time there where he, he where he was thinking, but if they do, if Pugliarvi looks like he's working out, Yamamoto oh. looks like he's working out, and if Broberry works out and Bouchard mm-hmm. does too, Bruce, good oh, teams, first round picks, eh? great teams in the NHL. You've got to nail your first round pick. And it's one thing to get the first overall pick, right? It's not always easy to get, like when you're drafting 10th, it's kind of like a coin flip, whether you're going to get a really good NHL player or not. Maybe you are, but maybe you're going to have a guy, you know, who's like, you know, well, Slater Cuckoo, who kind of bumps around the league or Brendan Perlini, who bumps around the league. I don't think Perlini was top 10, but when you're drafting in that range and then lower, like Yamamoto was, and you can also have obviously top five picks who don't pan out, but if they go, that'll be, if th- this is what we're looking at since the nurse draft, since they, so the, the, the top picks are nurse, dry McDavid, Pugliarvi, Yamamoto, Bouchard, Broberry, Holloway, and Borgo. And Holloway looked great last year. Borgo's look good in camp. Listen, if they can get, if these nine players pan out the way that they're trending, frankly, that the way they're trending, mm-hmm. that's huge news. Like you get a run of first round draft picks, like that and your team is going to compete for the Stanley Cup and you know it's trending that way so I like that that's my other good thing all right well certainly the first round has been the Oilers bread and butter and jelly and peanut butter (laughs) since uh, the last 10 years and they don't get a whole lot even high in round two unfortunately that's going to be my bad thing is the uh, play of the other fourth line. I mean, uh, the Shore Perlini yeah. tourist line looked good, but the line of Ryan McLeod between Tyler Benson and Colton Sevier did not get a lot done. Sevier, I thought he was good on penalty kill, uh, but at even strength, like the line as a group, they played uh, uh, it's over seven minutes together, and they had one shot on net, five against. 
Uh, McLeod, I thought, had a couple of struggles, you know, in, in the wrong position or a couple of lost battles. And Tyler Benson, for all that, you know, his competition, Brennan Perlini and Devin Shore, who are the two guys he's fighting with for the four left wing job, and they were both, you know, they both combined together on a nice goal. And I thought Shore had a pretty good game, and he was on, also on the penalty kill. And uh, Tyler Benson, I mean, rooting for the kid to uh, uh, make the most of his chance, but so far he's played both exhibition games, and he's been. Uh, less of a shining light than the guys that he's fighting uh, for a job with. So he's a high yeah. second round pick. Ryan McLeod's a high second round pick. Now, uh, I'm not going to go off the deep end criticizing those guys in a game their team won six to nothing. But just that, you know, in terms of advancing their own cause within the team, uh, they did not move up the pecking order at all uh, in this game. Sure, one. Um... 11 face-offs and lost just four. Wow. Which is pretty remarkable. I don't know what his overall wow. numbers in recent years have been for face-offs, but, um, you know, it's possible McLeod could end up in the AHL. People, you know, he's obviously penciled into the lineup, but if, you know, if, if they go with, they could go with Ryan and Shaw at center. Um, and they also have, if Turris makes the team and they've got in some insurance there. So you just never know. Like he, he's got it. They, they've got to step up. McLeod and Benson have got to step up, have a better game. And, and, um, they're, they're trying and you can see they're digging in. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, and Sevier hasn't done anything. Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm not seeing anything there that makes me think he should be on the orders yet. yet. They've got lots of penalty kill guys, you know, Fogel killed mm -hmm. penalties, Hyman killed penalties. Um, there's lots of, there's lots of players that can put out there. I don't know if Sevier takes face-offs or not. Uh, he does yeah, some. One for four, one for four tonight. He does some, yeah. He, he loses more than he wins. He plays all three forward positions. And, I mean, I watched the guy. They had one really nice isolated um, camera that showed a whole shift that he made, right? And it was just uh, quiet, in the right place, hustling his butt off, getting into the corners, you know, nothing came of it. And almost from your fourth line, if your fourth line goes out on the ice and does nothing and the other guys do nothing, that's not a bad thing. And he's one of those kind of players, I think. I don't think he's going to he's going to score a ton at this point. But uh, he's definitely brought in to, uh, uh, you know, he knows, uh, uh, you know, what his role is. And I'd say right now what his role is is uh, as the cannonball that's being shot across the bow of Josh Archibald, you know, you can be replaced. There are other guys, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's the message I'm getting. He doesn't play this, uh, you know, I mean, Archibald's a superior player to my eyes, and he certainly brings elements to the game, but uh, uh, he, you know, he's got to put himself in a position where he can help the team every night, let's put it that way. So I can see Devin Shore taking maybe mm -hmm. Devin Shore taking Archibald's spot, like like that kind of energy player who kills penalties. Mm -hmm. Um and then per, you know, if Perlini makes it and tourists tourists they like tourists and he's played well, like um yeah. we'll we'll see. Still the one thing I noticed tonight games. they had they had Shore and Tourists switching off on face offs, depending on which side of the ice the drop was. So when it was on the on the left side, Shore was on his strong side. When it was on the right side, Tourist was on his strong side. And then there was one play where Tourist got the boot and, and Shore had to come in on his weak side and he still won the draw. And so they uh uh between them, uh thirteen and six. 
so certainly shore took more than uh, than tourists did and he of course also on the penalty kill but still he uh he didn't hurt his cause one little bit tonight Devin Shore. i thought he was good yeah he he was he was fine so yeah you know he's making a strong claim and this is how players get jobs you know there's five guys competing for three or four jobs and uh you step up first penalty kill unit was Devin Shore with uh, Colton Sevier and I said to my wife if that doesn't look like two Dave Tippett style players then <laughs> I'm missing something because they look right uh, you know right out of the Jordan Martinuk school of uh, of uh, grinders you know indeed uh, thing, I guess. yeah I could see Tippett picking those guys like yep. My bad thing was the um, third period Nathan Bastian knee-on-knee hit on Philip Robury. I just thought it was super dirty. Um, We don't have the benefit of watching these on big screens and with replays. And I just, I find it, like, it's just to make, to do this, like, to comment um, fairly and accurately about the game is a huge challenge in these preseason games. And I don't like it. I find kind of like we're coming out here without, uh, you know, without our shirts on or something, you know, oh, or we're, yeah. we're kind of, we don't, we don't have that. We, we go over the games, Bruce. Like I, like when we're watching them repeatedly going over the videos th- as the game's playing and Every coming to an understanding. It's right. All, all through the periods. This first I don't care I don't, about I the t-shirt watch. toss. I want to see what happened on that play where Broberg got, you know, tangled up with. That's uh, right. Bastion. I did. I did like the bubble people in the bubbles kicking this pucker <laughs> on the ice, um, but um, that was a. It just it struck me as a really dirty hit. I can't say for sure, but that was horrible. And I was glad to see Philip Robery get back up and get back in the game. Yeah. And he, he's a young guy, so he's probably pretty pretty uh, agile and limber there. But I, that was that was hard to see. I didn't like that hit at all. And I uh, I thought he should have probably gotten kicked out of the game for it, honestly. But but maybe I didn't. Maybe again the replay doesn't quite show what I thought I saw. He did have to face the wrath of Kyle Turris. He did. So I actually didn't mind that. I mean, Turris is not going to come in there throwing bombs, but he did get in the guy's face and yeah, and you know go to bat for the teammate in the sense that you know that's not acceptable. And it, it would have been horrible if nobody did, right? Like that would right. have been. No, yeah, the nearest guy has got to go to him, and it can be. It it doesn't matter. In one sense, who the guy is that you you want the closest teammate to hold the other guy accountable, even if in this case it was just a a, a, a frank exchange of views as opposed to a, you know the old-fashioned way of settling issues like this. But uh, I didn't mind that from tourists, and there was no no reason to make. I guess there's no reason to to uh, take it the extra mile, and he's not the guy for that. But he did at least respond. What's your number, Bruce? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to go with, uh, I think I'm going to go with six hits of the uh, immortal Marcus Niemelainen. Yeah, so, I like that. Yeah. Like, he zero shot attempts. He had one block shot, which was really excellent, actually, the, the shot that he blocked. Uh, but he just kind of a thwart, eh? Like, he just gets in the way. And... <laughs> Guys that try and go around him and they can't because he's like this giant squid or octopus, you know, that they just can't uh, <laughs> can't uh, 
uh, find enough room and he just closes it closes down that space and takes them out into the boards you know not vicious but just consistent let's just you know take a piece out of this guy and out of that guy and you know they they when they try and go around them they're, they're all the way to and sometimes through the boards there's just not enough room because he's, yeah uh, he's got such such reach and, and decent mobility so yeah don't don't screw with squidward like he will <laughs> He will take you. He listen to make the NHL. He's got to play that game. No, yep, I agree. He's he's got to, he's got to shut down players defensively, be really solid fundamentally defensively, and he's got to hit, 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 hit. Yep. And if he does does those two things and can move the puck adequately, he can make it in the NHL because he's this huge guy. Um, that was best game I've seen him play. I just was really impressed with that physical play. So, yeah, mm-hmm. good for Squidward. Uh, first, my number is, where is it? 2447. That's Evan Bouchard's time on ice in the game. Second only to Darnell Nurse's 2517. Bruce, I I think we are going to be seeing Bouchard moving up the lineup sooner than later. And the coaches, that kind of ice time is a clear indication. Plus, I just, him with the puck this year. It just it just makes me think like why the frack was he not on the team last year? You know this player is he is ready and he he was ready then he's he's ready now and um yeah the coaches they're 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 all in I think on this player and we didn't we haven't seen Cody Cece but I just think he's a better like honestly I think he's a better player than Tyson Berry um, at even strength and maybe on the power play as well. So, um, hmm. I like Tyson Berry okay, hmm. but um, he and Nurse were caught out on that one really good chance uh, that Seattle had where Koskinen made the big save. Hmm. I just, yeah. So, it's again, this is all early. This, these are first impressions. And maybe, right. maybe, maybe everything will change after preseason and Berry will step up and Bouchard will fade. I could be wrong. Like th- this, so. Th- just you know, just kind of speculation or first impressions, but that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a really special player right now in Evan Bouchard, and I am thrilled. I don't think it was near as, as noticeable as he was on Sunday in Calgary. He wasn't firing the puck as much. Just Didn't one get shot, as yeah. much time on the power play, which is where he had five of his six shots with the man advantage the other night. And somehow now the Oilers have two power play units, and Bouchard isn't on either of them. So that's What's that about? Uh, a little startling, but uh, that that I suspect will change. Uh, I I thought he uh, tonight his he was missing with his passes a little bit in the first part of the game, and then he kind of settled down after after that, and there was not not a lot of uh, trouble. And you know what? He played four minutes and thirteen seconds on the penalty kill, most on the team, and he is. Uh, I mean, I don't think you'll see that when it gets to, down to. Uh, uh, regular season, but I do think you'll see Dave Tippett saying these preseason games are for repetitions for guys that we want to work into jobs. So why not give Evan Bouchard a bunch of time on the penalty kill? There's no point in wearing out Darnell Nurse in September, right? And yeah, so what he can do, and so far so good. Yeah. They're not going to be playing Tyson Berry on the PK, I don't think. And oh, so he didn't. It'll be CC and Bouchard. Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be CC and Bouchard in the in the regular season. Mm-hmm. So um, that's yeah. um, let's give him give him the time, yeah. yeah give him the time. And I don't, I don't, so. 
funny. Like it's, you know, I, I have that secret gems cap on a lot of the time and I'm just thinking, well, if he's on the power play, he's going to get points. Points cost money. Like I'm actually okay. Like you got Darnell nurse, um, who's now paid, like he's paid in full so he can put up all the points he wants for the next nine years. Seven and I, year. and nine years. Oh, nine right. years. And I will this be happy. And eight more, yeah. yeah, that's fine. Like, and it's like Hyman, it's like the Hyman pull thing on the power play. Mm-hmm. You know, my secret GM hat goes on and I think, ah, oh, yeah, just keep Hyman out there. Let him get the cheap goals, all those goals yeah. in front of him. And, and yes, yes, it can. He's not uh, going to get a raise for a long time. He is not. We don't have to worry <laughs> about that. So now once they sign Pugliarvi, I hope, you know, to a four-year, five-year contract, uh, I will feel otherwise. But there is, the, the you know, that those power play points cost you. The orders mm-hmm. were lucky, you know, with Nuge that they, that they didn't, you know, because he had such a, poor scoring season last year that they didn't end up paying him an arm and a leg for all the power play points he gets. But um, yeah, so we'll see if Bouchard gets power play time. He, he, he will, he will thrive if he does, he will thrive. On I don't know that, that he's, he's so in his own domain there on the power play at center point. Yeah. And he has so many options and he's, he's such a, such a quick reader of, of those options. And, you know, his execution's so good on his, uh, you know, choosing his passes and make, making them, putting the right weight on them. All oh, getting the shots through, getting the shots in a place where they can be tipped, you know, getting a shot through screen and, and, and potentially scoring. You know, he's, there's a lot of ways he can hurt, hurt I just love how team. I just love how quick he is with his passes, you know, just bang, the, the puck's over there just so fast, comes right to him and it's over there. And the same with his shot. Are we done? Yeah, well, a little shout out for the goalies, who all they did was face 34 shots and stop all of them. And then for dessert, Koskinen faced five more in the pseudo shootout they did, which they agreed to no matter what the score of the game was. And Koskinen went five rounds before the artist uh, Tyson Berry finally scored, and Koskinen stopped five in a row. And so 39 saves, if you add those in. Not a goal to be seen. So two two games, as you say, 10-4, none against. Times are good. Unfortunately, the big zero is the number of points in the standings that these games are worth. But hey, you might as well, I might saw, as well win and have a little, little smile while you're playing the early games. I, I saw something funny today, Bruce. I don't know if you saw this. Greg Wyshynski, who's, you know, of ESPN, who's known as a bit of an Oilers hater. Um, yeah. Provocateur. I think he's a yes, provocateur. That's the word. That's the word. I think he's what. Well, that's what. That's his game, and and I like his work. But he rated the NHL goalie tandems, and he had Smith and Koskinen as the twenty eighth overall goalie tandem in the NHL. This is a pair last year who between them were seventh in terms of save percentage in the NHL, and he had them twenty eighth. So. No respect there, Bruce. No respect. I guess when you're old, when you're old, when you're an old guy, you got to keep proving it. You got to keep proving it. So Mike Smith has got to do that. And same with Koskinen. Koskinen's playing for his NHL future right now. Like yeah. he's yeah. he's playing well he's playing for he's playing for millions and millions of dollars right now this year. If he can have a big year, he can earn many millions more as a professional hockey player yes. than he otherwise will if he has to go back to Europe. So there's huge incentive for him to get things right and and have a good year. Fingers crossed that he does it. I don't know if if the orders afford to pay him again. Like I don't think they can afford another 
a goalie that expensive with the way they're with, you know, needing to, to pay other players, but um, still hope he has a big year. Yeah. And uh, in his case, the, uh, the option, you know, the one end end of the wedge is that he is going back to Europe. You know, if it doesn't work out this year, he will just not be probably find another job in the NHL. So, it's yeah. it's all on the line for him now, and uh, you know, I think he wants it, and he sure played tonight like he was uh, uh, fully engaged. He was good, couple couple of excellent saves, mostly routine, but uh, some shots through traffic, and he fought through it and and comported uh, himself well. Alrighty, well let's leave it there, Bruce. You're gonna write the game grades tonight, so I'll let you get at it, and uh, we'll go from there. Partly done and uh, written under the handicap you talked about already about how difficult it is. To, you know, we don't we're not doing our normal thing with the scoring chances with all the seven second rewinds to review a play two or three or four times. You're not quite sure the first time well, on a live stream. It's like the old days, right? And you miss it on the first time. Well, you missed it. <laughs> Pretty sure I missed a few <laughs> things tonight. <laughs> yeah, I was having trouble discerning okay which defense pairing is out there right now who am i watching exactly and you think okay oh that's who that is yeah then you figure out halfway through the shift so not ideal for for the the work that we do so uh already thanks for talking tonight bruce free season for us too eh? Uh, anyway thanks for listening everyone and in the meantime and in between times this has been another edition of the cult of hockey podcast